Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Abbott, and it is a new month, and we have such a beautiful verse to be talking about and memorizing. It is February, and so we picked a verse about God's love for us. It is a beautiful verse. We actually designed a necklace that goes with this verse. Um, and we just really, as you, as you soak it and as you think about it, we want you to think about it in a way that is, that is right and, and sees it in the fullness of its context and the beauty of its context. So, um, our verse without further ado, if you, if you haven't listened to the teaching podcast yet is Jeremiah 31, three, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And so today on our episode, we are talking to Cindy Boltema, and she is from the organization ministry GEMS. So welcome, Cindy. Thank you. Thanks so very much. Yeah, we are so excited to have you here. Um, you know, when I, we lived in Pennsylvania years ago, my husband and I, and the church that we served, um, he's a pastor did gems. And oh, so we did gems with our girls when they were little and it was really just such a fun ministry. And then we were reconnected to gems at a conference recently and I downloaded the app on my phone because it's so amazing and adorable. And my youngest daughter is still in middle school. So she's like right on the verge of still thinking that is really, really cool. That's <laughs> so fantastic. she has, she loves doing like recipes and all the fun things that you guys have on there. So it, it's a really, really cool app. Uh, but yeah, we're just so glad to have you with us today, Cindy. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, sure. Well, I am just a simple girl who loves Jesus. I have a story from going from addict to overcomer and so grateful for what God has done in my life. And some of the hats that I wear, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mom of four. My kids now are ages 18 to 28. So my okay. husband and I are just in that empty nest season. Uh -huh. And as mentioned, I am serving as executive director of GEMS at this time. And before GEMS, I was a speaker, author, Bible teacher. But most importantly, I just, I just want to follow Jesus wherever he leads. That's really what I'm passionate about. That's awesome, Cindy. I love that. Um, so I was going to ask you, what is the passion behind what you do with GEMS? Like, what, what do you feel like is the purpose? What draws you to being involved in GEMS instead of some other ministry? I think a lot of it is my own story growing up because I didn't go to a GEMS club. Nobody invited me to GEMS or Awana or any kind of Bible club. And my dad was an atheist. And so I didn't even know like that simple song, Natalie, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I tried to, talking about love, like I tried to find and search for love in all the wrong places, like that country song yeah. <laughs> and, and ended up just being empty and lonely and tons of poor choices. And I mean, you name it. I tried it. Food, men, alcohol, shopping, even drugs, and nearly lost my life to a cocaine addiction at the age of 26. And it was then in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is not a short on churches. It was then in the midst of my mess that I encountered Jesus. And I kept thinking, how come no one ever told me? 
Like, how come no one ever told me about God and his unbelievable love, even for a messed up woman like me, or introduced me to the Bible? I mean, I just thought the Bible was boring. And then as I had my first Bible at the age of 26, I couldn't put it down. And so, Natalie, one day I just prayed, God, may it not be set on my watch that no one ever told me. And then the Lord talking about drawing kind of drew me to gems after a season of, 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 first of all, just getting a foundation, but then speaking and writing and teaching and brought me to gems about 60 years ago. So that's where, where my passion, my purpose comes personally, because I don't want any girl to go through what I went through or to think, yeah. how come nobody ever told me? Hmm. That is such a beautiful message. I think, I think you're right. I, I didn't um, come to Christ until I was in college. So I know what it feels like to, to kind of wander around looking for something to fill that void, to, you know, make you feel that love and, mm -hmm. and the, the purpose and the, the meaning that we don't have without Jesus. Amen. Um, hmm. Well, so what do, what do you find to be the most exciting thing that you do day in and day out? Um, I, can I, I think I have two answers for that. That's okay. okay. <laughs> so, so gems, you know, it stands for girls everywhere meeting the savior and that's uh -huh. really the passion and the purpose, um, since 1958, making a difference in the lives of girls and helping them grow strong, secure, and confident in Christ. So of course, one of the things that I get to do that I love to do is hearing the stories about how mentors worldwide are impacting the lives of girls or, to go and visit places and see like bulletin boards with girls' faces. Um, I remember one time being in Arizona and there was a bulletin board with all of the girls in the gems club in their little gems room. And that year our focus was loved period. And so every mm -hmm. girl had like a Polaroid and it said like, Natalie is loved. Cindy is loved. So those mm -hmm. never get tired of just seeing how God is making a difference and girls knowing truth. At the same time, there's a there's a part of me that always wanted to be a cheerleader. So I think that cheerleading yeah. me loves coming alongside women as they are using their gifts and talents to impact this next generation and mm -hmm. speaking truth into women as well. So it I just it's it's like such an amazing bonus job that I can't believe I get to do <laughs> um, all of my favorite things for sure. Oh, that's awesome. I feel the same way about dwell. There are times when I'm like, Lord, how did you know this would just like, like so perfectly be the thing. And I love hearing stories too, of people who have been impacted and it's just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah those stories yeah. make things stick, you know, and to hear the mm -hmm. stories, love it. Hey, my podcast friends, I just want to interrupt this episode and tell you some exciting news. We are giving you a podcast listener only exclusive discount. You can use the code podcast on our website all through February to take 25% off your purchase of one or both of our new necklaces made by our friends at Starfish Project. They remind us of God's love and care for us. They come from 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. In Jeremiah 31.3b, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. What awesome words to be wearing around our necks. So you can learn more about the makers of these beautiful pieces by listening to our episodes with their founder, Jenny McGee, which is linked in the show notes below. And we hope you'll enjoy this gift as a special thank you for listening to the Dwell Differently podcast. 
Yeah. Well, I would love to jump into our verse now um, and talk through, you know, this verse comes in this kind of gritty section of scripture. It's the book of Jeremiah. Um, it's a book about God's judgment against his people for being sinful and for worshiping other gods. And yet right in the middle of the book, we get these four chapters, like God is saying, you know, there's this, this is like drumbeat of judgment. And yet we get this heartbeat of God's love for his people alongside of that. And so you get these four huge chapters that are talking about God's resolve to rescue his people. Um, and it's interesting to me that this vow of God's love and kindness comes smack dab in the middle of rebellion and punishment. But I think instead of looking at that, like, it doesn't make sense. I think it's actually good news. Like, how would you describe that as being good news for the original readers? You know, I, it is such good news. And to me, it's almost like a breath of fresh air, like right mm -hmm. in the midst, such an infusion of hope. And I love it because God's kindness and his love, it's not dependent on their behavior. It's not mm -hmm. dependent on the choices that they have made or not made, but it's based fully on who God is, on his grace, that he is faithful and he's not going to abandon them. So I just imagine to be, to sit in the shoes of the Israelites at that time, that um, to think about their cycle of rebellion that they have been going through, but then to hear this message of hope in the midst of it, I almost feel like it's, it's a message of freedom for them and for us. Yeah. Amen. So tell us a little bit more about how that's good news for us. It's such good news for us because we too can go through those cycles of rebellion. We all fall short, whether we have been following Jesus our whole life or we're brand new. I mean, I don't know about you, but some days I have these days where I have my quiet time and I'm all, all fired up. And then before I know it, I'm at the grocery store and I'm looking at other things and um, I'm, I'm feeling judgy and critical and all the things. And it's like, oh, I need to just go back to my quiet time chair. And so it's good right. news for them. And it's good news for us. And, it you is. know, I was, I was reading through the Gospels recently and I was in Luke 2.10 and where it talks about good news for all the people. And mm. those four words, I don't, you know, you read that all the time, especially at the Christmas holiday season mm -hmm. for all the people. I even say it on the Charlie Brown Christmas special. But yeah. Natalie, I heard those four words in a whole new fresh way. And I think it fits for the gospel of Luke, but fits here too. Good news that brings great joy for all the people. And I sat mm. there and I thought, again, I'm just that simple girl. And I was thinking from A to Z, it's good news for the addicts. It's good news for the bulimics. It's good news for the cutters and the depressed and those in an eating disorder and the fearful, like the gossips, the haters, the idiots out there, the jerks. Like it's mm. good news for all the people. And I'm so grateful that there's no fine print in the book of Jeremiah. Like it's good, <laughs> you know, it's good news. Right. If you could get your act together, I'm going to give you another chance, but this is your last chance, buddy. Mm. It's good news for all of the people because we all fall short of the love and the grace, but in God's kindness, he draws us back and he gives us another chance. That's good news. That is such good news. I love how you just went through like the alphabet because I'm, I'm like, you know, that's all of us, you know, there's something that you said in that list that each of us is like, oh yeah, I'm definitely a hater. 
<laughs> or a gossip or yeah. a cutter or whatever it is that yeah. we struggle with. Yeah. You know, we all have our struggles. And, and if you read the book of Jeremiah, like those people for real had some issues. <laughs> they were doing some terrible things. And if God can love them and draw them back to himself with his unfailing kindness, if God's love for them is everlasting, if in the midst of their rebellion and their sin and, and sitting under sort of the heavy hand of God's judgment, he says, this is actually my kindness to you. This rebuke is my way of drawing you back to me. Like even in that, there is this good news, this message of hope for all people. And I just, I actually, it's funny because when we talked about doing this verse from Jeremiah, I was like, oh, it reminds me of Jeremiah 29, 11, And everybody's like, that's my life first. And I'm like, do you know what was actually happening when that was promised? It's not good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In context. But, yeah. But it's actually, it actually makes that better news. Yeah. It's a, it's great news for everybody who fails, which is. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody. And it gives me hope because again, in my story, God met me in the midst of my mess. I was a cocaine addict. I had an alcohol problem. I was a single mom, but yet in the midst of the mess, my mess, God met me. And so some days when I'm like, Lord, how could you have loved me? I read the book of Jeremiah. I read other places in God's scripture where in the midst of the mess, he did a powerful transforming work. And sometimes mm -hmm. I wonder, I wonder if that's not where God does some of his holiest work. Even if we think back to the birth of Jesus, Jesus, yeah. Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus was born kind of in a mess, not like a clean stable, but in <laughs> a mess to remind mm -hmm. us. I wonder mm -hmm. if when we too are in these messy seasons, the rebellion or if we've not met him, what all of the seasons that God meets us there with his love, his everlasting love, and he draws us with kindness back to himself. And what good freeing news for all mm. the people. Amen. Amen. I agree. Um, so I want to, I want to focus in on this idea of everlasting love, because I feel like we can maybe kind of, if we don't, sort of pull it apart a little bit and chew on it. Um, we're going to miss what it really means that, that God's love is everlasting, which is not our typical human experience of love. And, and I feel like, you know, specifically working with young gals and thinking about their struggles in you know, middle school and elementary school. And as they're kind of heading into high school, like, what is it about, love that is, is just such a, such a hard thing specifically for women. Um, so what would you tell a, a young woman who's struggling with this idea of love? You bring up so many great points in, in that little phrase, Nally, because it's true. We do get so confused about love. I mean, even if I looked at my week the, over the past few days, I probably have told people, I love God. I love my kids. I love tacos. I love to sleep in. Like, <laughs> really, like, what is love? And then mm. when we think about everlasting, what in our world is everlasting that really knows no ends? I mean, even everlasting batteries actually can last about 28,000 um, hours, but even everlasting batteries someday will have an end. So I think mm. both concepts are hard for us to understand, like what really is everlasting? 
And then what is love? Because Mm -hmm. how do I talk about and use the same English word that I love God, I love my husband, and I love tacos. And so, (laughs) but to- I do love tacos also. (laughs) I knew that I liked you, Natalie. I knew it. Um, But when I think about what would I say, when you ask the question, what would you say to a young woman? And we say this all the time. What we say is that you are loved, period. That you don't Mm -hmm. have to put a question mark where God has placed a period that you don't have to earn it, strive Mm -hmm. for it, try to get more Facebook friends or- Snapchat or Instagram, whatever, be real, whatever kind of uh, fad is going through right now. You don't have to try to earn it or strive it or lose weight for it like that. You are loved, period. And that is the capital T truth. And sometimes if the, if the young woman is leaning in and listening and saying, tell me more, sometimes I might even say a quote that comes from author Kelly Minter, Satan may tell us what's true. But he never tells us the truth. And I usually like do like this, the capital T truth to differentiate mm-hmm. between the things that are true of the world and what mm-hmm. is true from God's word. Because maybe it's true. You don't feel loved. I even have a day of days where I don't feel loved. But the capital T truth is that God says for you, for me, for girls everywhere, for all of the people that you are loved, period. It's not based on a feeling. It's not based on our actions. It's based on the capital T, truth. And we get to choose to take God up at his word and believe that truth. And then our thoughts will lead to our feelings, which will lead to our actions. But if we start with our feelings, do I feel love? No, but it's not a feeling. Love has a name. His name is Jesus. And we can stand (laughs) on the truth that we are loved, period. Mm. Yeah, I never will forget when I I was, uh, I became a Christian in college um, through Campus Crusade for Christ and now crew, because that's so much cooler. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so when I became a Christian, though, they had this little um, booklet that they would talk about um, your facts, faith and feelings. And that oftentimes we we kind of and and it looked like these little train cars. Yeah. And they, they said that, you know, that the, the reality is, is that when we put the train car of feelings first, then it's, it's going to be just, you're going to go off the rails, essentially, that that's, that is not an engine that is going to pull you anywhere good. But that when you put the facts first, like these are the true things, and then you hitch up your faith to those facts, then your feelings will follow, but the feelings are the caboose. And I always felt like that was such an interesting idea that stuck, obviously stuck with me for a long time now. Yes. Um, <laughs> just this idea of facts, then faith, then feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and even like thinking about my own way of coming to the Lord, like it started with investigating facts and then coming to a faith and then those feelings followed. Um, and not that I don't, I don't put the feeling train. <laughs> I, I do, I do very often. Mm-hmm. I, there are days when I wake up and everything seems like it's a, a dark cloud. Um, but, but we can choose to believe the facts and put our faith in those instead of our feelings being the first thing. So mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so what about you? We, as women, we all, all struggle with this, but have there been times or is there a time in particular when you were looking 
for love um, to fill you up, but it, it failed you. And it mm. wasn't the love of Jesus, but it was some other place where you were placing your, your hopes and your, your expectations and maybe your identity or whatever, like this is the thing that's going to make that if, if this thing just would love me back enough or this person or whatever, um, what, what is one time when you felt like a person or a thing failed you in love? Yeah. Yeah. If it's okay, one thing if I could share, share too. Um, I talked about how before Christ, I looked for all of the things and nothing filled me. Mm -hmm. So then I would love to say that once I accepted Jesus and I knew the love of Jesus and John 3.16 and all of the things that I never mm -hmm. struggled with it again. But that would, is just not true. And so there's two moments that kind of stand out. And one, both I'm super thankful for. But one was when I served at my local church. It was a mega church. And so there were about 10,000 people that attended every week. And I'd been on staff for almost six years. And then I started to have babies at home. So God had a new kingdom assignment for me. And mm -hmm. I, rem I remember on the last Sunday, they, um, at all three services, they, the senior pastor get, did kind of a thing like, you know, we're so grateful for Cindy and the work that she has done here. So let's thank Cindy and all three services with, again, a total of 10,000 people gave a standing ovation for me. And on the inside, I was struggling so much because I loved the ministry work that I was doing. And I was going home to a newborn and a one-year-old and a two-year-old and a 10-year-old that played travel hockey. And I didn't oh. know if I had what it took to be. I was like, Lord, I thought we we're going to change the world. And now I get to change bed sheets and hockey gear. And it was this internal mm. wrestle that I couldn't really talk about. And I just remember coming off of the stage and then walking down this hallway. And I saw a, a coworker of mine and he was like, wow, Cindy, you must feel so loved. Mm. And I'll never forget that feeling because I was like, actually, no. The applause of man is really empty. This mm. is not love. And I've never forgotten that. And I'm so grateful because as the Lord has opened doors for me to speak or write or do different things, I've always remembered that it was nice, but it wasn't love. And that mm. if I thought I was going to find love by Amazon sales or all of those things that I was putting my ladder like on the wrong wall. And so um, that's one time that I was wanting to feel God's love. I just wanted to have reassurance that I was exactly where I was supposed to be, but was grateful that God revealed to me, this is never going to fill those empty places. But that was a couple decades ago. So for today, it's not been long. It's been within the past year that I was struggling with some relationships and I had a good wise friend because we need our good wise girlfriend. Yes. But she said, Cindy, hear this the right way. But I almost feel like you're going to this gumball and you're turning it, wanting from these people what they cannot give you. The gumball machine is empty. But at the same time, it's like you have gumballs all around. You've got all of these great people that love you, but you keep going back to this gumball machine that's empty. Tell me about that. And this friend really encouraged me to look at the gumballs and to look at those loving people in my life that I had and yeah. rather than what I didn't have. Now that's not God's love. Every day I sit in the chair so I can remind myself afresh that God loves me with a lavish love. 
sometimes I think he speaks love through his people. We know that. And I was just feeling kind of unlovable because it's Mm -hmm. true. These people that I needed love from, they weren't able to give it to me. So my friend Mm -hmm. encouraged me to kind of do what Ann Voskamp does with gratitude. But for me, it was counting gumballs. And so I just started this little (laughs) journal where I would record every day. I would try to find 10 ways every day that I experienced God's love through others. Because sometimes you miss it. You miss that text from that girlfriend that's cheering you on or speaking truth over you or that phone call out of the blue or the, the kindness of a stranger that you're like, oh my goodness, how did they know that was exactly what I needed to hear? And so that really helped me um, experience love because for all of us, um, whether whether we're um, probably Max Lucado probably has some hard days too, you know, whether we are in the word every (laughs) single day, all day, new on our faith journey, I think it's probably part of the human condition. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure if that helped answer your questions, but I think that was great actually, because I I do think. I, I think what you said about feeling unlovable um, just resonates with me that there are certainly times when I believe that about myself, that I am not lovable, that there, you know, that for whatever reason, like, why would anybody even like me? Because you can, you can, when you start, you know, when you are looking for the kind of love that's going to fill you up, um, in, in people, they, they're going to fail you. And then you're going to be like, well, maybe the problem is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the, un- they don't love me, not because, you know, they don't have love to give. It's because I'm unlovable. Um, and I think we can get ourselves into some real cycles of um, despair, even when we are trying to find that love and, and, and receive it in ways that, you know, that, like you said, their gumball machine was empty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I love the idea of gumballs too. I love gumballs. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I want to get a gumball machine in my house now just so oh, I can yeah. be reminded because right? I just want that reminder because there are gumballs all around us, but will we have eyes of faith to see them? Uh, and also the, the thing that I wanted to point out too that I liked about what you said was when you're, when you're taking note of those things, um, you know, the second part of our verse talks about the unfailing kindness of the Lord towards us and, and, and unfailing kindness is the expression of God's love. Like that's mm-hmm. the tangible expression. So you're saying, I'm going to take into note of these tangible expressions of God's love in my life. And I just, I love that you do that. That's really cool. It's really cool. Well, thinking about God's love and then thinking about human love, like how does God's love differ from the kind of love that we understand and why is everlasting love so important to us as people why do we need that reliability (laughs) yeah yeah isn't it such going back to good news to know that Mm -hmm. god he doesn't change especially as we're coming out of 2020 and all of the years Mm -hmm. after that I don't know about you, Natalie, but there were days that I was like, can one thing stay the same? (laughs) (laughs) But to know that God is unchanging and that his love is everlasting. It's not based on the choices that you and I make or your listeners, but that it's Mm -hmm. based on who God is. No different than my dog can change into a cat, right? My dog is a dog (laughs) and God is love. It's who he Mm -hmm. is. And to know that that doesn't change and it doesn't have an end is such good news. Yeah. And also to know that God always keeps his promises. 
when I was a young woman, after I came to know Christ, I was engaged to be married. And I was still a single mom at that time and had come to know Christ and met a really godly, handsome, kind man. And we were engaged to be married. And he was going to be a stepdad to my son. It was like those Hallmark movies that sometimes we binge watch, but we don't want to tell anybody. (laughs) Um, And it was just this magical time. And and my fiance at that time, when he asked me to marry him, said to my son, I promise you, I will never leave you or your mom. Mm. And then not knowing what God had planned um, before our wedding, and it was right around the Christmas season, my fiance was killed in a freak workplace accident and God called him home. And Mm. I've, I've never forgotten that because I thought I'm so grateful that although I loved my fiance and he loved me, that I wasn't knowing and relying on the love of my fiance, or I would still be in a puddle somewhere in a corner, but that it was God's everlasting love that was able to help me and my son and my fiance's parents and loved ones get through this really hard time. So Mm -hmm. the love of people is fantastic. And, you know, as we go through all of the different Greek words for love, we need them all. We need the agape love and we need the friendship. We need all of it. But to know that we have an everlasting love, that nothing is going to separate us from that love, like that's something that we can put our hope on and that we can stand firm on even on our hardest of days. Mm. Wow, that is such good news, Cindy. And I'm I am so sorry for your loss. That is such a hard season, I'm sure, to go through. But it's amazing how God, through His love and and that promise, took you from you know I would mm-hmm. I would be a puddle on the floor too. And I was some yeah. days. I was, yeah. but I'm not yeah. still there because yeah. of God's um His kindness that drew me out and the kindness that I experienced. In the midst of that grief, um, through his people, I've never forgotten. And now I'm able to extend to others going through a journey of grief because of what I experienced. So our God is such a redeeming God. Mm -hmm. Not only is Mm -hmm. he a lavish lover, is he everlasting, but that he's a God of redemption too. Mm -hmm. And that's good news. That's great news. Um, my next question was going to be, how can we know that God's love won't fail us? But I feel like you just so beautifully expressed that in the story that you just told. But maybe you want to share more about how you feel like God's love is unfailing. I think we stand on that truth, that capital T truth. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's okay. This is my own personal philosophy. I think it's okay if we have those moments where we have to sit and ask God, God, is this still really truth. You know, Mm. I I mentioned that season of grief that I went through with my fiance years ago. And then last year, I went through another season of grief where rather unexpectedly, our beloved furry friend, I had a puppy named Diego. And Mm. one day Diego ran in front of a car, which is what puppies should not do. And Mm. Diego went where furry friends go. And um, (laughs) and it was hard. And Mm. I was on a work trip when I received the call from my husband that oh. our, our sweet puppy had, had been tragically killed. And I remember being on this work trip, so grateful that I was on this work trip because I needed to process alone with the Lord. Like, God, I thought that you were love, 
God, I thought that you were kind and this doesn't feel so kind. And my journal is tear stained because I had to really process. Yeah. Go back to God. I I know what the Bible says. I can quote all the verses. I could probably say it in Hebrew and Greek, you know, but like God (laughs) at this moment, this doesn't feel like love. This doesn't feel like kindness. Mm. So I think that God can handle our questions. He can handle our pain. He can handle our tears. And then we go back to the truth. And then we say, okay, God, where are you? I need to experience you right now. And he's not some kind of, we talked about gumball machines. It's also not a Coke machine where we put in a quarter and he's going to give the way out. But I think he can handle our pain. And I think that he is a God of revelation. And sometimes if we ask him to reveal himself to us, he will. And in this Mm -hmm. season, when I was like, Lord, I need to know that your love, I need to know of your kindness. He showed himself. And it Mm -hmm. was through a, a friend that sent a fruit plate to our home. And it was the first thing that my daughter would eat because she was so distraught about this. She loves fruit. Or a kind friend from Canada that sent us an ornament because she had lost a furry friend. And so she gave us an ornament Aww. to help mem- to help us um, have a little memory for our, our sweet puppy. Mm. So so again, I think we, we don't allow that the um, feelings to be at the front of the train like you shared yeah. from crew <laughs> that we go back to the truth and it's okay. It's okay to say, God, where are you? But then, but then we go to the heart and the character of what we know. Um, mm-hmm. And we can stand firm on those promises. He always yeah. tells the truth. He always does tell the truth. Um, there's a, there's a verse in Psalm 119. I think it's Psalm 119, 140. And it says, um, how I've tested your promises and, and because I have, have tested them, I love them. Mm. Like when we experience God fulfilling his promise to us, God showing us kindness and love and being that everlasting, unfailing kind of God that we can rely on. We only grow in that experiential knowledge of like, God has always been kind. I think it just serves to help us as we like train ourselves in like, yes, we live in a fallen world. Yes. Bad things are going to happen. Yes. There are hardships and, and trials. And yet God has been good to me through all of these trials. And I've seen him respond in kindness and in love. And therefore I'm going to continue to follow him. Like he promises us that he's faithful. And then when he shows himself to be faithful, it's like just one more layer of like, okay, I can believe this. I can live like this is true. Yes. And I don't know that in the long run, we want to serve a God who always gives us everything that we need. As Mm. parents, sometimes when our kids have something right in front of them and they're like, this is what we want. Like the kids, like when I think when my kids (laughs) were little, we're at Target and they're like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And what they don't know and I know is that at Christmas, they might want the one transformer, but they're going to get the mega transformer that they right. just need to trust <laughs> me and wait because I know the rest of the story. And mm-hmm. I think, I think for God too, and we, I mean, wow, it's so clear that we don't understand his thoughts are not our, our thoughts, his ways are not our ways, but sometimes I can see glimpses of his heart in the way that I parent my children. And mm-hmm. so a loving parent doesn't always give a child exactly what they want at that moment. They, they do the choices that are best. And I'm so, so grateful that God in his lavish love for me, even when I prayed about some of the things was like, you know what, 
Cindy Bolton, I have something even better for you. Or, you know what, in this mm. season, it's going to be hard, but we're going to kind of skim away some of these things that are only going to make you stronger and more effective. He, he's so good. He's so faithful. And mm. he's so loving and kind. He is so kind. And, and I do, I think that, um, you know, as we just see that, we just can't help but see that. And, and like you said about your, your gumballs that you keep track of, um, that's like God's kindness is the expression of his love. Um, so two quick questions before we have to go. One is, um, how do we see God show kindness to his people in the book of Jeremiah? Um, and in that, that term in our verse that God has drawn you with unfailing kindness, how have you seen God draw you with unfailing kindness? Mm. Well, one, there's so many ways I think we can answer that question looking at Jeremiah. But one of the things that I love, because I am, I am a positive person that loves the happy endings. I love, (laughs) (laughs) I love that in Jeremiah, where he's sharing his love. He's talking about restoring his people despite his mistakes. He gives Mm -hmm. them glimpses of the great plans that he has for them involving Mm -hmm. dancing and rejoicing and turning lamenting into joy. I would like to think maybe there was even confetti there. Like he gives them already in his kindness, a glimpse of the goodness to come. And he doesn't focus on all of the hard things in this, these four chapters of hope. Again, that I feel like our breath of fresh air, but that he assures them of the good things that are to come. And um, for in my own life, how have I experienced God's kindness? You know, one thing that I recently came upon, it's like a big gumball. I came across my great grandma's Bible. And in her oh. Bible were prayers that she was praying for me. And no when, when my great grandma, I'm going to get emotional thinking about this. When my great grandma passed away, I was a student at Michigan State University living a very rebellious life. We think about the rebellion that we see in Jeremiah, my life mm-hmm. so rebellious as a college student at Michigan State, living for myself with no foundation mm-hmm. of faith. But to think that my great grandma would sit there and write out these prayers for her mm-hmm. eldest great granddaughter, me. Mm-hmm. And to think that she kept on praying, although with her human eyes, some would be like her there is no hope. (laughs) (laughs) Like in one of those college classes, Mm -hmm. if you would have looked at all the 500 students, who is the least likely to ever write a Bible study? They probably would have pointed to me in the back (laughs) row. But somehow I believe that God had infused my great grandma with a fresh faith, with eyes of faith that she kept Mm -hmm. praying. And so what kindness of the father that he would draw me out of this pit and Mm -hmm. restore me. And not only it helped me to experience his love, but that he would give me a brand new reputation and a new chance of life. And that he would allow in his kindness for me to find this Bible of my great grandma's where she had been praying for me. And so many lessons I learned from that, but also to keep praying because, because our God, he never ends. And so Mm. he's not done. And so even though, again, when my great grandma went to see him in heaven, God wasn't done with me. And he's not done with those that right now find themselves in hard places or cycles of rebellion or, or wondering, God, do you really love me? That in his kindness, he will draw us out and reveal himself um, to us in very special and personal ways, I believe. 
I just absolutely love that story. That's so amazing. Uh, it's, it's interesting because my great grandma gave me a Bible when I graduated from high school and that was basically how I came to Christ was like, I'm, oh, I should, I was an English major and I'm like, well, I've never read the Bible. I should read this. <laughs> and God just used that. And he put people in my life, you know, to bring me to himself, um, through his kindness and his mm. love and, and, uh, praise God for great grandmas. Amen. Yeah. That is cool. That's Gumballs really cool. and great grandmas. <laughs> I think we're going to have to call this episode that. <laughs> uh, well, Cindy, it has just been such a joy having you on today. And I really appreciate who you are as a person and just the work that you, are, you guys are doing with gems. And for anybody who's listening, who has daughters, you need to check out GEMS, G-E-M-S. We'll have links to everything in our, our, our show notes, but especially their app. It is amazing. It's really for young girls and it is so cool. It is really, really a great app and it's free. So it's free. there you go. I don't even know how you guys are giving that away for free because it. I would pay money for that. I would pay a subscription <laughs> fee for that. So it's fantastic. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. And again, Cindy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. And thank you for the work that you and your team are doing. You're making a huge kingdom difference. And we're right here cheering you on. Thanks, Cindy. We, we love what we get to do. I'm sure just the way that you love what you get to do. Thank you. Hey, are you looking for a place to connect with other people who are memorizing this month's verse? We got you covered. Guess what? We have a Dwell Differently official Facebook group that you can join. And we're over there chatting about what this verse means and how it is affecting our daily lives. So go check it out on Facebook, the Dwell Differently official Facebook group. 